Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am here with my co-hosts, Jake and Mike, to give you the top 10 daily stats and your crypto news of the day. Make sure you check us out on Discord and YouTube. With that said, enjoy the episode. Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, along with my co-host, Jake Jabrelli and Cryptonaut Mike. How's it going, you guys? Pretty good. Really good. All right. So, for the Cryptonauts out there, we are here once again to bring you the top 10 daily stats and some original crypto news. So, with that said, let's get started with the first article here. Let me switch over. Here we go. CoinGecko. With Bitcoin and number one, of course, settling at $41,279.53 with a seven-day gain of 20.4%. Second place, we have Ethereum settling at $2,657.54 with a seven-day gain of 21.7%. Tether, of course, is actually settling at $0.99 cents with a seven-day loss of 0.2%. Binance Coin number four settling at $341.49 with a 13.3% gain. And fifth place Cardano settling at $1.35 with a 9.6% gain in the past seven days. Okay, let's see. Uh, number six XRP settling at $0.75 cents with a seven day gain of 24.4%. And number seven USD Coin settling at $0.99 cents with a seven day loss of 0.3%. Number eight Dogecoin. Settling at 20 cents with a seven day gain of 5%. Number nine, Polkadot, settling at $19.34 with a whopping seven day gain of 39.7%. Number 10, Binance USD, settling at 99 cents with a seven day loss of 0.7%. All right, Cryptonauts, that is your top 10 daily stats. Your overall total market cap is at 1.5%. 715 trillion dollars up by 2.7 percent love it love it love it i like when the market goes up like that all right make sure you get your candy what was that make sure you get your candies yeah oh yeah collect your candies that's right collect your candies go up here and make sure you sign in collect your candies did i collect my candies today yeah i did i did today earlier today okay so this is my first time writing a news article and it is posted on Reddit, so make sure you check us out in Reddit. So here's my first article. It is called, Happy Birthday, Ethereum. Published by me. Written by me. Okay? Happy Birthday, Ethereum. On July 30th, 2015, Ethereum mainnet was launched as an ICO. At the time, you could buy one ETH for 30 cents. Unbelievable, right? I was well into crypto at the time and was ready to get into Ethereum after reading the Ethereum white paper. But before I ever considered Ethereum, I saw a young man that was continuously being highlighted in the crypto space. His name was Vitalik Buterin, or Vitalik, as most would call him. Uh, At the time, he was a young 21-year-old with a nerdy passion to spread Ethereum knowledge to everyone he could. Vitalik was already well into crypto as he was a co-founder of the Bitcoin magazine in 2011. In 2014, Vitalik launched Ethereum in beta with co-founder Gavin Wood. I remember those early days in 2014 when I would study Vitalik's word as he went on to many conventions at the time to educate everyone about the Ethereum virtual machine, EVM, and proof of stake, POS. 
At the time, POS was a new concept, and no one would really, uh, and no one really understood truly what it was, what it was considering, it, what Ethereum was considering to start, and and still remains as proof of work to this day. As time went on, and developers started grinding out code, it became obvious that many people would really enjoy working on Ethereum. This might be because Solidity is a simple code to work with. Many people were quickly pushing out new projects. One of the most famous projects in the early days of Ethereum was the Decentralized Autonomous Organization, the DAO. The DAO at the time was revolutionary as this organization has no board of directors or conventional, ma conventional management like traditional organizations would be set up. The DAO was crowdfunded through an ICO in May 2016. Unfortunately, there was an exploit in the DAO code and the funds were siphoned off into another account by the hacker. This would have vaporized Ethereum's vision for sure if it wasn't for Vitalik's strategic input on forking the Ethereum main chain. Forking Ethereum came at a cost that did hurt Ethereum at the beginning because it caused a massive outcry from the Ethereum community. This resulted in the forking of Ethereum and Ethereum Classic. To this day, both chains exist, but Classic will always have the DAO hack in its ledger. Vitalik made the decision to reverse transactions prior to the DAO attack. This action infuriated the community because no one should have the ability to reverse transactions on a true decentralized network. Shortly after the attack, thousands of ICOs appears, uh, appeared on the network. Most of the ICOs were just money grabs and scams. Very few, very few projects came out to being legit and making a solid foundation out of it. Sadly enough, it wasn't the end. The Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, appeared out of nowhere with Thor's mighty hammer and fined everyone that did an ICO as they were all considered a security in the eyes of the SEC. The few projects that remained are thriving on the Ethereum main chain or have created their own chain and expanded their services. London, uh, London Fork was, uh, was integrated in, no, excuse me, London, uh, the London code was integrated into Ethereum's main chain and will be fully activated on August 4th. London will have two Ethereum imp improvement proposals. EIP-1559 is the first and will introduce a new fee structure to make Ethereum less inflationary. This protocol ch change is highly controversial because it aims to burn part of the fees, hence decreasing the miner's revenue. EIP-3554 uh, is the second EIP and will create a difficulty bomb in the Ethereum POS main chain. This will make it extremely difficult for miners to mine any ETH. The goal behind the London fork is to prevent any forking and to migrate the community uh, to, to POS. EIP-3554 is set to activate on December 1st. Until then, miners can enjoy a little more ETH, but after that date, one hopes these miners can become stakers to help support and decentralize the EVM POS to all-time highs. With that said, happy birthday Ethereum. I will be watching the market cap for the flipping. Adios. All right, that is my first article. Hopefully you enjoyed. All right, now, Jake, on to you. Yep, so um, I'm going to be hitting on a similar concept here with uh, V1559, but mostly had to do with how the London hard fork uh, will be making some tokens worthless. Now, I will be basically reading the content from Jen Jeff Benson's article uh, that came in yesterday, but with my commentary. 
So, in the run-up to the London Hard Forks, the Ethereum upgrade slated for the early hours of August 5th, aka... within the network. A, a contentious code change that will burn transaction fees, taking some of the ETH out of circulation. But those aren't the only tokens that London Upgrade will do, will basically be getting rid of. Gas tokens, such as the GST2 and the CHI, also used by developers to secure lower prices when developing smart contractors will also, pardon me, contracts, will also be obsolete. Um, the London proposal com comprises five separate Ethereum improvement proposals, changes to the network that will be submitted. So, discuss as discussed by developers and other stakeholders and integrators. So basically, the thing that's a problem with this is that, and this is the discussion, I, I'm not trying to, to harp on Dyn DynamoCoin, but one of the things that you struggle to see in uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin is, even though they are technically decentralized, they're still somewhat centralized on the fact that they have this kind of uh, network of people who can make decisions. Kind of the way that uh, Hedera Hashgraph is trying to take that away by giving it the permission to you know, 40 different groups. Uh, that way it was no one centralized group that could make all the decisions. As Tim Bako, a core developer with Ethereum Foundation explained at the Daily uh, Decrypt podcast this month, quote, how Ethereum works today is if you store data on Ethereum, when you remove that data from the network, you get a small gas refund back to kind of incentivize the people to clean up after themselves, end quote. In essence, there are smart contracts code that automates transactions for things like NFT purchases and asset swaps that are no longer needed after a certain point. Kind of um, how an aluminum can is no longer necessary after the soda has been drunk out of it. Clean up and destroy and you get a small refund of the gas. Or generally speaking, that transaction costs are now paid for. That's the paid for method. Now, EIP 3529 does away with the refunds and that is what the miners are getting pissed at. According to Baco, while the idea of the refunds was good in theory, it was more commonly used by developers to take advantage of low gas fees on the network, which corresponds to the times where the network fee is being used less to fill in the basically junk data. They then get their refunds when gas fees were returned to higher levels. Gas tokens first floated years ago to facilitate this process, working as the mechanism of banking storage at low prices and releasing it at high prices, according to the project. By using these tokens, you can effectively pay less to deploy smart contracts. So gas token two, which is DS2, as one of the tokens that will become absolute, which is trading today for about $200 on the uh, current crypto marketplace. And as recently as April, EIP 3529 was added to London, making uh, just above $600. So uh, per, I think part of my commentary on this is obviously that some of these tokens are going away. They weren't really highly used tokens in the first place, but my other point is with e EIP 1559, it's gonna reduce the amount of money that an Ethereum miner gets even more than it already is. And of course, this is the encouragement to go toward the proof of stake, as Johnny mentioned earlier, um, getting us completely off of proof of work. But the art, there was, a, I think, I can't remember if it was 33, 
3664, I think. I'd have to look it up exactly. That uh, was made by a very large miner in the in the uh, northwestern United States to try to stagger the de de the decrease of the Ethereum token down to almost nothing, uh, so that people have an easier time getting away from it. It's not a terrible purpose to which the um, Ethereum token is or Ethereum itself is trying to get, get away from proof of work. But the problem is if you drop everything off really quickly, then a lot of people will just switch away from Ethereum and you'll lose a lot of your network. So the the end goal of Ethereum switching away to proof of stake from proof of work was to reduce its carbon footprint on the world, which is a noble cause. I, mean, I don't think the Ethereum creators, Vitaly or anyone else had ever really thought, you know, how much power would ultimately be used by this. But when you know you're going to get paid for doing something with, you know, hardware, people get on board. And so the the immediate drop or the expected immediate drop once these proposals go through would potentially hurt uh, Ethereum. Although, I mean, from a more realistic standpoint, that probably isn't going to happen. Um, but it has the potential for hurting the network. And that may mean that there's the possibility of, of a 51% attack. So Ethereum is changing. The London hard fork is changing. In general, the, the second largest coin in the world is trying to get away from causing the world to be hotter by you know, mining and using up a lot of electricity. I think that's a noble cause. I think it's noble that they're trying to get away from that. I think that they've that, that Ethereum itself has created an industry that is now trying to terminate itself. <laughs> so. Uh, Fortunately, we have other alternatives: um, Conflux, Ravencoin, DynamoCoin. People can move other places, but when you come to kind of depend on one thing, it's hard to then just pivot. So, hopefully, all miners, myself included, will be able to pivot away from Ethereum in the next six months. That's all I got to say about that. And I guess it's all up to Mike now. All right. So, Mike, there you go. Are you ready? If not, I can definitely talk about some other things that we got going on. Yeah. Uh, so there's a Decrypt News article by Eric Deng talking about how a founder of an NFT game lost 16 CryptoPunks and a bunch of ETH due to a scammer. So, you know, just definitely be diligent. Um, an NFT project founder... Sorry, founder of NFT video game lost 16 crypto punks. Yeah. That is pretty Can much it. Yeah. All right, cool. So, with that said, let's go ahead and go over to Anchor real quick and talk about our referral links because we do have a bunch of referral links that I definitely want to plug in on today's episode we do have uh, obviously I want you guys to go to a uh, discord uh, and YouTube obviously uh, subscribe uh, like leave a comment we, we greatly appreciate that we do have the Celsius network referral link which is one of the best wallets you can have out there coinbase is another great one to get started I really like that it's easy to onboard into crypto if, if you don't know anything about crypto coinbase is one of the easiest ones then you have some, some more sophisticated exchanges. Uh, 
Uh, well, I guess Gemini is another easy one, right? Yeah, we can use Gemini. Cash App, I love Cash App because you know if you you when you buy crypto on Cash or Bitcoin on Cash App, you literally can withdraw it instantaneously right there. You don't have to wait the five to seven days or ten days, however how long they're expanding it now, 15, 20, 30 days to get your crypto out. When you get on Cash App, you get it immediately. Another one is Binance. Binance has a ton of different crypto on there, and that's why I recommend it. Then you got Probit that uh, deals with the smaller uh, smaller cryptos out there, so th those are awesome. Then if you want to get into mining, I think one of the easiest miners for, for people to onboard with is NiceHash. Unless, uh, unless you guys have something else, uh, Jake, Mike. Yeah, anything but NiceHash. Anything but NiceHash? <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> I used to use NiceHash for a long period of time, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm not particularly fond of them, even though they are one of the largest mining communities so which which uh which one would you recommend uh it depends on the coin yeah it really does depend on the coin i mean there's lots of opportunities but i i i've been using hive os forever hive os to mine. hive os is definitely a good one all right hive os so we'll update that all right so with that said kryptonauts make sure you stack sets and huddle adios